Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Genesis. Tonight is study number 21 of Genesis chapter 1. We're going to be reading Genesis 1, verses 24 and 25. And God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. I'll stop reading there. Now, God has said a little earlier in verse 21 above, And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. So he's made this statement after their kind or after his kind a few times now. And so we, we should discuss, um, how in the wisdom of God, everything is made of its kind after its own kind. And what that means is that elephants bring forth Elephants and not mice. Monkeys bring forth monkeys and not squirrels. Dogs bring forth dogs. Perhaps there is a wide variety of dogs, very big dogs, Great Danes, or little dogs like Chihuahuas, but always dogs. Dogs are after their kind. This is the way God has established his creation and his creatures. They will produce creatures after their own kind. And so it is with mankind. People produce people. The children, the young that come forth from a man and a woman are a human being, a man. It is after its own kind. And This needs to be stressed and emphasized because the wisdom of the world, which is absolutely ridiculous, and, you know, the more anybody would honestly look at the theory of evolution, they would see all kinds of ridiculous aspects to it. And and another ridiculous aspect of evolution is it teaches... It, one of its doctrines is that um, certain kinds of creatures may uh, evolve into other kinds of creatures. So when when you go far enough back from the earliest life forms, they developed and evolved. And of course, um, what allows this evolving is always uh, eons of time, billions and billions of years. You know, everything's ridiculous. Everything's 
like a, a golden book fantasy tale of of a frog turning into a prince until you add that one uh, all-important ingredient according to science, and, and put that around quotes, of elongated periods of time. Then we have evolution. We have a scientific fact. And uh, I'm sorry, it, 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 I don't mean to insult anyone, but it is just extremely ridiculous and foolish to think that creatures turn into other kinds of creatures given prolonged periods of time. It just isn't so. And, and, and so man did not come from a monkey, and we did not come even further back from fish, and uh, chickens are not related to dinosaurs, as is the outlandish theory that, uh, just Google it, and you'll see uh, even articles in Smithsonian Institute that put forth the theory, that, that theory of uh, chickens related to dinosaurs. And it is just far-fetched beyond belief, except that man is desperate to believe anything other than the truth, which is God created the heavens and the earth, God created the creatures after their kind. And evolution specifically assaults the word of God on this point. When God says that he made um, these animals come forth after their kind, after his kind, well, then that is establishing the, the biblical point that this is how creatures first came to pass and how they continue to enter into the world always after their kind. And that's what we see. If you look anywhere in the world, you're, you're going to find the bees give birth to bees, other insects to the same kind of insect, animals to animals, and it's always the same kind. We never here we we and believe me it would be a worldwide media circus if everyone was called to the birth of the giraffe and out came some other kind of a creature here it is here is evidence that something is evolving never happens because it's not true uh, it's a deceitful lie that comes out of the mind of man in opposition to the word of God, in opposition to the God of the Bible. Well, okay, so here we read in Genesis 1, 24 and 25, God said, Let the earth bring forth the living creature after his kind, cattle and creeping thing, and beasts of the earth after his kind, and it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. Well, let's look at the word cattle, and this will apply to to all the references here, to living creatures and creeping things and beasts of the earth. That uh, The word cattle is Strong's number 929, and... The way God uses this word is very helpful to us 
to understand how animals can be used in the Bible. Uh, for instance, in 1 Kings chapter 4, we, we read of Solomon, who was used of the Lord to speak forth many proverbs or parables. And it says in 1 Kings 4, in uh, verse 32, And he spake 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. And he spake of trees, from the cedar tree that is in Lebanon, even unto the hyssop that springeth out of the wall. He spake also of beasts, and of fowl, and of creeping things, and of fishes. Now, what is Solomon speaking? Proverbs. What's a proverb? Parables. And Solomon is a type and figure of the Lord Jesus Christ. His name means peace. And Christ is our peace. And Christ is the word. And without a parable, he did not speak. So Solomon is a type and figure of Christ, the word of God. As Christ spoke forth parables, Solomon spoke parables. And the, the parables that the Lord Jesus spoke, as well as the parables or proverbs that Solomon spoke, are examples of the whole word of God, the Bible. And, and Solomon spoke of beasts, fowl, and creeping things, and fishes. And what did Jesus say? I will make you fishers of men. So fish we know represent men. Well, so too beast and and creeping things, various creeping things. In the book of Job, it says in Job 18, beginning in verse 1, Then answered Bildad the Shuhite, and said, How long will it be ere you make an end of words? Mark, and afterwards we will speak. Wherefore are we counted as beast and reputed vile in your sight? Now, Bildad was one of Job's three friends who came to speak with their friend Job in his grief. Yet they accused Job because they were pictures of national Israel. And here Bildad says, we are counted as beasts. In your sight, as Job is a type and figure of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a significant statement. In Job 35, it says in verse 11, Who teacheth us more than the beasts of the earth, and maketh us wiser than the fowls of heaven. The fowls of heaven, in the parable that the Lord gave of uh, sowing the seed, come and snatch away the seed. And in the explanation, it was said that the fowls are representing Satan who takes away the word of God from the hearts of men. But how does Satan work? Through his emissaries. So the fowls of the air are picturing emissaries of Satan. And who teaches us more than the beasts of the earth? The beasts of the earth are often joined together with the fowls of the heaven. And so both can be pictures of emissaries of Satan. God's elect are taught more than the beast and made wiser than the fowls. 
that is, these professed Israelites or professed Christians. Well, not, I guess you weren't a professed Israelite. You, you would have been of physically the, the, uh, nation of Israel. But, but the idea is you are not of true Israel because you have not been born again and circumcised in heart. But there God is indicating that the beast and the fowls are picturing the unsaved. And this is why in Exodus 11, it says in verse 5, And all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maid servant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of beasts. Why did God condemn the firstborn of the beasts of Egypt? We can understand the firstborn of Pharaoh or the maidservant. They were Egyptians and, and therefore typifying people that are in the kingdom of darkness, in the kingdom of Satan. But why the beasts? Well, because the beasts also typify people under the power of Satan in the kingdom of darkness. And and so uh, it says in Exodus 12, verse 29, And it came to pass that at midnight Jehovah smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne, unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon, and all the firstborn of cattle. They're all, each category, each group is pointing to God's wrath upon the sinner, including the beast. God's plan is to destroy the sinner in the day of judgment. And finally, that will also include the creation, and and the beast can also have that in view, that God will destroy the sinner and the cursed creation. But when we look at this word and how it's used throughout the Bible, we find that uh, it, it's a very clear typology. This isn't something that that we're pulling out of a hat or anything, but it's based on Scripture that God makes this statement like Bildad did, that we're counted as beasts. And also, we we find clear references um, in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, beginning in verse 18. I said in mine heart concerning the estate of the sons of men that God might manifest them and that they might see that they themselves are beasts. For that which befalleth the sons of men befalleth beasts. Even one thing befalleth them. As the one dieth, so dieth the other. Yea, they have all one breath, so that a man hath no preeminence above a beast, for all is vanity. All go unto one place, all are of the dust, and all turn to dust again. Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward, and the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth? Now, in, in that statement, it would appear that God is likening um, the spirit of man that goeth upward to the elect, and 
the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth, and downward is always the direction of the grave or hell, and that's where the ungodly, the wicked, the unsaved go, to the unsaved individual typified by the beast. But we can see from these statements that, as the Lord says, the sons of men, that they might see that they themselves are beasts. And so the firstborn of cattle are uh, smitten in Egypt and and so forth because they are picturing the sons of men. In Psalm 49, Psalm 49, which is a psalm that God specifically says is related to a parable in verse 4, I will incline mine ear to a parable. I will open my dark saying upon the heart. And then in verse 12, he says, Nevertheless, man, being in honor, abideth not. He is like the beasts that perish. And that word like is a familiar word. The Lord, when speaking parables, would say, The kingdom of heaven is like... And then he would uh, proceed and, and give the parable, which was an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And so, too, when God is speaking of beast, he man is like the beast that perish. And therefore, if we're going to follow the Bible's own definition of its terms, when we read about beasts anywhere in the Bible, we should be thinking, is this a type and figure of men? Is this somehow a picture of mankind, of, of the unsaved or, or perhaps, uh, some other way, but can, um, the, the man or the fish, as we know, God likens men to fish, are these creatures, what's ever in view, somehow pointing to people? And when we, we do that, then we come to a better understanding. And an understanding that otherwise, uh, we, we just wouldn't have. For instance, in the book of Jonah. In Jonah chapter 3, after Jonah is sent to Nineveh, and he is told by God to proclaim, yet forty days and Nineveh will be destroyed. And the people of Nineveh have a reaction of believing God. They, they didn't, it doesn't say they believe Jonah, but it says they believe God because they, they had an understanding, a, a right, proper understanding that God speaks through prophets of old, or he speaks through his messengers, and that's exactly how it is. When the gospel goes out, when the Bible is proclaimed truthfully, faithfully, it is God's word, and it is a message from God. But in response, it says in Jonah 3, beginning in verse 6, for word came unto the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid down his robe from him, and covered him with sackcloth, and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published 
through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth, and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way, and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent, and turn away from his fierce anger, that we perish not? And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. Now, what's amazing about this account is that the king decreed not just for the people, for the the men and women, but for the animals, that they were not to eat or drink. Uh, they were to fast, and also not just the people were to be covered with sackcloth, but the beast was to be covered with sackcloth. The cattle were to be covered with sackcloth. And that was a picture of mankind. Mankind. This is the pronouncement of the wrath of God upon sin. And and God intends to destroy Nineveh. And when he would destroy Nineveh, he would destroy all the animals too. But the repentance of man is linked to the repentance of, it's as though the animals themselves were repenting. And that's the picture. That's the spiritual aspect to the beast that, that God is emphasizing. It, it, it allows the Lord to further paint a picture or emphasize an important truth. Yes, man is to repent. Let the beasts repent. Uh, the the unsaved people are to repent. And in, in this case, God spared Nineveh according to his program of election because he had much people in that place. Uh, he had many elect. And in Jonah chapter 4, the Lord uh, said to Jonah in verses 10 and 11, Then said Jehovah, Thou hast had pity on the gourd, for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in a night, and perished in a night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle? And we we really wouldn't properly understand that until we realize, oh, men are like beasts that perish. Men are likened to the beast. And and that's why God emphasizes that Nineveh had much cattle. It, it's another way of pointing to um, the people of Nineveh that that they are his creatures. And, and man is also typified by the beast. Well, God in creating the world, in creating the rivers and the oceans, in creating trees and mountains, uh, he 
again and again creates these things, and of course we see them all around us, and creating the sun, moon, and stars, but we've also seen that God uses all the things that he creates as types and figures. The sun, moon, and stars represent the gospel, the light of the gospel, or God himself, and and the moon, the law, and the stars, all those to be saved. Mountains in the Bible typify kingdoms. Um, trees can typify men, as the blind man was partially healed of his blindness, and, and he saw men as trees walking. Or they can typify, like the fig tree, national Israel, or the church. And, and rivers can typify the gospel, and, and uh, waters can typify people. The wicked are like the troubled sea. The cast up mire and dirt and in all the aspects of God's creation that he has created all, not just the heavens, but all are really a testimony and, and speak forth the glory of God showing his handiwork in all things, including the creatures, the creatures that swim in the sea or that, uh, walk upon the land or creep forth. They all are types and figures in, in everything that God has made. I, I don't think I would say there is something God has made that does not in some way spiritually point to some teaching of the Bible. I, I don't think I would dare make that kind of a statement because so many things do spiritually point or, or as we read these things in the Bible, course the, the the spiritual teaching is in the bible the the outward um working of god's handiwork and the world in which we live in it is a certain testimony to the existence and power of god and glory of god but the only way any of that can be understood is through the word of god the bible and here god is creating the the creatures and and with these creatures, he will set up various aspects of the gospel of spiritual truth. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.